Jack.com podcast season six episode 13 misadventures in the city of roses and other sorrowful tales uh i feel like i need a more positive title for this episode but that's what i'm going with unless i can think of something better in editing so uh a little bit to tell about uh misadventure in portland and a few other things to talk about as well so Stand by, stay tuned, we'll get into it right after this. Thank you, and welcome. having a rather rough week. I had published a couple podcasts, still felt kind of stuck, and I was still stuck in my flying mode, uh, playing with 747-400 from PMDG, and um, the weather in London where I was trying to fly, I was trying to fly from Miami to London, which is not too bad of a flight, about eight and a half hours, something like that. Um, and the weather in London was just crappy. The weather in London, as far as I know, is still just crappy, snow and cold, and, uh, Europe's been having a bit of a cold snap lately, so that's been making, uh, travel over there to Europe in the simulator rather difficult, because I always use real weather, real world weather. Um, so, the game, uh, or rather my computer and the game weren't playing nice, so on the first approach... Um, I was terribly, terribly off, and because the computer was performing slow, I didn't have the time to react quickly enough before the airplane hit the ground and crashed. Uh, so this pissed me off and upset me, so I went to bed, and I decided, okay, fuck it, I'm gonna try it again. Um, and this next time, the computer did perform a little bit better, uh, probably due to the fact that I wasn't alt-tabbing so much, um, within the, uh, flight, but nevertheless, uh, between the weather and the poor visibility and my rather rusty IFR skills, uh, which I clearly need to work on, uh, that would be a good use for the Bonanza, actually, uh, is brushing up on the IFR skill, shooting ILS approaches, and getting back where I need to be in that category, but, uh, the, the second approach, um, I was way high, and uh, I thought to myself, of course, go around, go around, go around, and I didn't, and I shot right off the runway. Um, So after that, uh, and shutting down and being extremely frustrated, I decided, okay, fuck it. Uh, It is time that I get out, that I just take a little bit of a break, and I go somewhere. Uh, And with the information that was going through my head at the time, Uh, I concluded that it was time for a train ride, because it had been about two months since I last took the train somewhere. Uh, So I decided, okay, I'm going to book a last-minute Amtrak ticket, get myself down to L.A., go back um, north of L.A., uh, because they were running a detour uh, over the Tashby Loop. Uh, which was a rather cool detour, so I decided, okay, I'm going to book that, and then I decided, okay, well, I could um, go down to L.A., come back, 
just go having gone through the detour and then come home, but I don't think that's going to be enough of a break. Uh, that's not going to give me the sanity uh, break that I need. So I decided, in my infinite wisdom, that instead of just going back to Chico, uh, I would book to L.A., and then once I got to L.A., uh, I booked a ticket to Portland, and then uh, promptly booked a ticket from Portland back to Chico. So um, I, I set it up so I had probably about, you know, a 1,500-mile journey, something like that. Um, I'm not Chris Ginsler, so I don't, you know, I don't have my timetables in front of me, and I can't tell you exactly how many rail miles I did, in fact, travel. Um, I can tell you that the ride to Southern California was good. Uh, it was good to ride the Starlight again going that direction. I don't generally don't go south of Chico too much on the Starlight, or at least not past Oakland anyway. Uh, so that part of it was a good ride. I stayed awake from Chico to Sacramento, uh, which is always a fun segment of track because, again, it's my home rails, valley subdivision, all that good stuff. Um, actually, valley subdivision to Marysville, and then... Um, you go through Benny Junction, and then they switch over to what I believe is the Sacramento Subdivision, which is the old uh, WP line, which uh, when WP went away and was bought out by UP, UP got it, and then uh, UP and SP merged, so it's all UP in anyway now. But uh, less crowded line as far as freight goes, and really, I mean, the Valley Subdivision is pretty scant as far as freight goes anyway, but... Um, Anyway, uh, I took the Starlight down to Sacramento. It was uh, 34 minutes late into Chico, which wasn't all that bad. Uh, and we departed Sacramento, I'm pretty sure, on time because Sacramento is set up. So you sit there for a while, they do some servicing, uh, and then you get going for a while, and then you have more schedule padding uh, in Emeryville and Oakland where they have you sit for a bit again. Um, so I fell asleep shortly after Sacramento, uh, through the Capitol Corridor, because I've ridden the Capitol Corridor, uh, basically the tracks in between Sacramento and, uh, San Jose, California, numerous times, so I didn't need to stay awake for that, that's no big deal. Um, so I wrote that down, and, uh, found myself waking up. Um, just a little bit after San Luis Obispo, so I missed the horseshoe curves, which is a bit unfortunate, because that's one of my favorite points on the old SP coastline there. Um, and then, uh, we wandered down San Luis Obispo, out to the coast, shortly after San Luis Obispo, all the way into Santa Barbara. It was beautiful, nice, lovely, as usual. Uh, nice to see the Pacific Ocean again, especially after seeing the Atlantic Ocean, uh, directly in November. Uh, not quite the quick coast-to-coast -coast that I envisioned, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I was fairly close to Puget Sound shortly after being on the East Coast, so I guess you could say I went coast-to-coast, -coast, uh, fairly recently anyway, but it, it, you know, the point being, it was, it was cool to go through, uh, the coastline there, and to get ri get to ride the coast part of the coast starlight, which doesn't happen for me very often. Uh, for me, it's usually uh, in between Chico and uh, Seattle, um, which is, there's not a lot of coast there. Uh, you go along the coast of Puget Sound for a little bit, but uh, when you're northbound, uh, you don't see that in the daylight. So uh, this was... Uh, the only coast running that I've gotten in in a long time. And plus, going through Oakland, you get a little bit of street running in, too, which is always fun. 
So, um, met some interesting people on the train. Met uh, two people that uh, are actually chefs on private rail cars, and I talked to them a, a little bit. Um, I may be able to get an interview with one of them at some point, so that'll be good. Um, and then I also talked a little bit to a uh, retired conductor uh, who used to work for, um, uh, shoot, Caltrain. Cal uh, they do the run on the west end of the peninsula from approximately San Jose to San Francisco, California. So it was neat talking to him. Um, and we were both kind of discussing the demeanor of the uh, onboard um, crew on the Starlight. Um, and I, I got to say, the coach attendants uh, and the, uh, the lounge car attendants um, are wonderful. Uh, I've, I've Really, rarely, if ever, have had problems with coach attendants or uh, lounge car attendants. Um, and, the, and all the legs of this trip were the same. Great coach attendants, great lounge car attendants. I was happy in that respect. Uh, conductors, though, um, were a bit testy. Um, and the engineer was lucky to be, uh, you know, isolated in the cab so he didn't have to deal with any of that passenger shit, which is why if I ever do go into, uh, train or, um, the railroad industry, rather, uh, I'd much prefer to be up in the engine running the train, uh, than be a conductor and having, having to deal with people. Um, I don't sympathize or I don't, um... I don't envy, rather, uh, what the conductor has to do and getting getting the tickets punched and dealing with people all day, especially uh, on the Coast Starlight in between San Luis Obispo and Santa Barbara. Um, well, actually, they uh, that crew does the run. San Luis Obispo uh, is when they get on the train, the, both the engineer and the conductor, uh, and they go all the way into L.A., um, and that's very busy traffic. Uh, as far as the train goes, the trains were all very full, so um, I don't envy them that job. But uh, they certainly weren't um, doing the best they could as far as customer relations go. Um, and I'll be the first one to say that when it comes to customer relations for me and my job history, uh, that's a challenge for me too. So I can, again... I empathize with where they're coming from, uh, the hardness of the job and all that. Um, but I, um, the retired uh, uh, Caltrain conductor made a good point, and I, I'm going to share this point, and I'm going to reiterate this point because I think it's true. Uh, if you don't want to deal with the public, don't work passenger trains. Uh, or if you do work passenger trains, go into engine service. That way you don't have to deal with the goddamn passengers. Uh, the nice thing about working freight and dealing with boxes all day is boxes don't bitch um, when you have delays or, you know, boxes don't break rules or uh, whatever else. So, uh, again, I... I sympathize and empathize with the, con with the conductors and the onboard service crew and what they have to deal with. Um, but it does come down to, if you're not good at it, don't try to be good at it. Don't pretend to be good at something that you're not. Um, so, got into L.A. right about on time. Um, and this was kind of a interesting place for me to be. 
because I don't know L.A. all that well. Um, I knew that if I had the money, I would have liked to get out to LAX and Santa Monica and that area. Uh, but my knowledge of L.A. is scant at best, um, and I prefer to keep it that way. So what I ended up doing was I ended up wandering around um, the downtown area, uh, just catching the end of a general assembly, or actually kind of the post uh, post general assembly arrangement at Occupy LA. Talked to a couple pi- couple people for a few minutes, shared my stories, shared my adventures. Um, it was rather ni- it was a rather nice time. Got a free donut out of it, so uh, made me feel slightly connected to the Occupy movement for about five minutes there. Uh, and then I wandered back towards LA Union Station because I didn't feel safe going where anywhere else. Um, and this is where, um, I started to run into, um, oh, I guess hobo, hobo public relations problems. Um, the security guards for LA Union Station essentially started coming around about midnight and, uh, checking to make sure that people had tickets, and then if people didn't have tickets, they'd throw them out, uh, except for... A few select homeless people, which for some reason they let stay in the station and didn't bother at all. Um, This one woman that I was sitting next to um, had to uh, get the security guards to call their supervisor over to get permission to stay in the station overnight. Uh, I had a ticket, so I didn't have a problem with getting permission to stay in the station overnight. Uh, But... I was watching what they were doing, and I wasn't happy with it. Um, and uh, I, I gotta say, it wasn't an easy night sitting there in Los Angeles Union Station, but I've had worse layovers. Um, and that's what I would call this. I, uh, the Coast Starlight got in uh, to Los Angeles about 9 o'clock, uh, and it was due to leave 10.25 the next morning. Uh, so an 11-hour layover. Uh, it seemed reasonable to me that, uh, you know, for an 11-hour layover, uh, you can get away with not having to buy a hotel, that room, that sort of thing. So it felt reasonable to me to stay in Los Angeles Union Station that night. Um, but, uh, I, again, I wasn't happy with uh, the way the security guards were treating people as they got them in and out of the station and dealt with it overnight. Uh, good news though, eventually the next day came and got on the Starlight, on time departure outside of LA, uh, and then just briefly out of LA, keeping in mind that this is now the detour route, we're gonna go over, um, the old SP tracks, up what I believe was Soledad Canyon, um, and then it connects somehow around Lancaster, um, to the Tehachapi line, which takes you down to Bakersfield, uh, via the Tehachapi Loop, and then up the San Joaquin Valley. Um, and again, um, you know, the trip went fairly well. There was some uh, a good conductor on board for this segment. Uh, shortly after departing L.A., we got uh, an application of the emergency brakes, uh, I still can't figure out why, but I know that sound very distinctly. I've heard it once on Caltrain and now once on Amtrak. And when you hear the hiss of that air, uh, you know, everybody on board that knows knows what that sound means has a moment of, oh, shit. 
Um, and then when you don't hit anything, it's kind of a relief. Uh, but it did make me wonder what exactly uh, the poor engineer had to apply the e-brake for. Uh, or, you know, I guess it could have been a passenger that hit the e-brake. Uh, I, I had that happen to me before on Caltrain. Uh, someone pulled the cord uh, as a joke, um, which is not a very funny joke, especially if you're into railroading and you know that distinctive hiss of the emergency brake that makes you tense up and go, oh, fuck. Um, so that was that was fascinating, and they never came on over the PA to explain it to us, and I didn't bother to ask the conductor because I figured uh, probably the conductor and the... Um, and the engineer were a bit embarrassed by it, especially if it was, um, you know, getting close to running a red signal or some sort of operational error like that. Uh, which, you know, if they're unfamiliar with the territory they're running over, that could have happened. Um, and I could easily forgive them for that. Uh, because, you know, if you, you're running over new territory, uh, even if they have procedures to help you learn the territory, um, sometimes things go wrong, and as long as you don't kill me, uh, I'm not too concerned with little operational errors, but that was an interesting part of the trip, uh, to hear an emergency brake application on an Amtrak train. Never heard that one before. Um, so then we continued up Soledad Canyon. As we were getting up to Soledad Can Canyon, probably going through San Fernando or Glendale or somewhere around there, um, I decided that Southern California was not fun to look at, and I would take a nap, hoping that I would wake up in time for the loop, which I did, just barely. I woke up, and we were in the loop, and, uh, it was fucking awesome. Uh, there was this red truck that kept driving around, taking multiple pictures. Uh, the train, unfortunately, was not long enough to loop over itself, but it was still wonderful to be going through the Tashby Loop, um, and that is an experience that I will remember for quite a long time, uh, one of my more cherished rail fan memories, so that was the highlight of that. Uh, after going through the loop, we descended down into uh, the San Joaquin Valley, roughly paralleling uh, Highway 58, which goes down into Bakersfield, uh, and at this point, um, I know the San Joaquin Valley pretty well, I've ridden the San Joaquin several times, so... Um, my thought was that we're essentially going to take the normal rails, which I believe are BNSF track, um, I'd have to look this up, that the San Joaquin takes, uh, once you hit Bakersfield, uh, I believe you stay on BNSF rails, and then you cut over to UP, uh, and the old WP, just north of Stockton, or in the Stockton area, I should say, and, uh, you cut over Altamont Pass, um, which again, uh, UP, old WP line, uh, to get into the Bay Area there by Hayward, uh, and then you, uh, Y down into the coastline, I believe, or, uh, no, it's probably the Alameda subdivision, something like that, um, rather than co the coast sub subdivision, which is further south on the old SP, uh, UP, uh, line there along the Pacific, uh, coast. So, um, anyway, we got up, we went, woke up at Oakland, and, um, that was fair enough, and I stayed away through Chico. It's always fun to see, uh, Chico from the train on a continuous run-through. Uh, it's just fun to see your hometown from the rails. I don't know why. Uh, probably because it's such a rarity 
that I do get to see Chico from the rails. Um, again, it wasn't in daylight, but even though it wasn't in daylight, uh, it's still fun to see. Uh, one of these days, I will happen to catch a, a late train through Chico in daylight. It just hasn't happened happened yet. Um, so we continued on up. Um, as I recall, I remember falling asleep again uh, before Reading, and then waking up somewhere south of Klamath Falls. Uh, the sun was a little slow to come up, uh, something that I'm not too used to, because I'm not necessarily used to riding that route in winter. Uh, as we're over the high desert uh, of extreme northern California, and then eventually uh, southeastern Oregon, I uh, went through Klamath Falls, nice little smoke break there, and uh, then up into some gorgeous snow. Uh, one heck of a snowstorm as we were crossing the Cascades. That was, was uh, definitely time I was glad to be on the train and not operating it. Uh, much preferring to uh, have the engineer manage the dynamic braking and the uh, speed of the train as we descended down uh, along the Willamette River. Uh, and again, Highway 58 in South Central Oregon, I suppose. Uh, through the Cascade Mountains, uh, down to Springfield, through to Eugene. Um, as usual, it took forever to get to Eugene. Um, right about the time we uh, hit the reservoir that you hit uh, as the Willamette River is dammed going into the Willamette Valley, uh, I met this older woman from Klamath uh, that I had a rather ni nice conversation with. She was apparently from... Um, the Tri-Cities in eastern Washington, uh, and I was able to talk to her for quite a bit and have a rather enjoyable conversation. Uh, and things were going well operationally, operation-wise, until I believe we passed either Albany or Salem. I always get those two cities confused, uh, because the central, you know, uh, Eugene's distinctive, Portland's U distinctive. Uh, but Albany and Salem just tend to blend together for me in the middle of the Willamette Valley there. Um, so, you know, I can't tell which is which, and half the time I don't remember. All I know is uh, the conductors um, and uh, assistant conductors that do the run from Klamath to Portland and then uh, the run back again from Portland to Klamath tend to be extra grumpy and extra... Um, excited about following the rules to the letter and, uh, you know, taking taking a what is a very full train and very busy portion of the train route um, and making it that much harder to deal with uh, because they're trying to enforce rules and uh, kicking people off the train and other such nonsense. In fact, I don't think I've ever had a northbound trip uh, in between Eugene and Portland without somebody getting kicked off the train, uh, in my memory anyway. Uh, and the same thing happened here this time, though it happened not because of drugs or smoking or whatever else, which is a, uh, can be a pretty common occurrence on Amtrak, and that I would understand. Uh, you know, if you're doing pot, if you're smoking on the train, yeah, get your ass off the train. Um, but uh, this, this happened because... The UP, in their infinite wisdom, decided to tear up the rails right in front of us 
right about the time as we're approaching. And this is a scheduled train. We're running pretty much on time. Uh, UP knew we were coming, uh, and the, the maintenance away foreman still decided to tear up the track. So that delayed us for uh, almost an hour and a half while they put the rails back together. We finally proceeded to Portland. Uh, I was going just about stir-crazy. Uh, by the time we did, in fact, hit Portland. Uh, but I did make Portland and uh, had a smoke, walked the train. Uh, it, was, it was nice to be off in Portland. And then I uh, started exploring the City of Roses, uh, which I like Portland. Um, it has a really good light rail system. I can't, off the top of my head, remember the name of it. Um, it isn't quite Seattle, but... Uh, it does seem like a groovy, hippie-esque city, um, and I'd like to go back again, perhaps with more money, and uh, see what I can explore. Um, in this case, uh, because of the delay, uh, a bunch of people that were connecting to the Empire Builder out of Portland uh, that missed their connection were laid over by Amtrak uh, at a hotel, um, and I was going to try and get in on one of those rooms, and then I decided to think better of it. Um, and then I, after deciding that, I stopped over at a burger place by the convention center in Portland, uh, and then realized that, okay, I needed to either start looking for a hotel or go back to the train station to uh, do the layover because the train didn't leave or wasn't scheduled to arrive until uh, something like 1.40 p.m. the next day. So uh, I looked for hotels, and they were all overpriced, so I decided, okay, no, that's no good. Uh, so then I looked at the light rail line, and I discovered that it went out to the airport. Now, being me, um, I've been stuck in many places many times, and I've found that sleeping in the airport um, for a short amount of time when you're really stranded uh, can work rather well, especially if you're quiet and you don't bother anybody. It's not an issue. Uh, this time, however, um, when I stayed at the airport, I got rather rudely awoken by a cop who had bunch, a bunch of questions for me, uh, which I dutifully answered. One of the questions being if I was a member of the Occupy movement, which I didn't see how that was relevant. And um, it was just a very strange interaction and a, an interaction that did not, definitely did not make me feel welcome. Um, and an interaction that I've never gotten um, while staying, you know, stranded at any other airport. I've been stranded at the SeaTac airport numerous times, unplanned. Uh, I've been stranded at SFO a couple times, unplanned. Um, and I've been st stranded at the Washington, D.C. state train station and never had a problem there. Uh, and I've been stranded in London Heathrow before, and I have not had a problem there, and I was stuck at London Heathrow for three days. Uh, but yet, when I stay at the Portland International Airport unintentionally and, you know, find myself stuck looking, just looking for a warm, safe place to be, um, which is a relatively reasonable thing to do. Um, I mean, I was traveling, it was not like I wasn't traveling. Um, and airports and train stations are meant to be layover places for people that are traveling. Um, so, you know, again, I didn't see a problem with any of this. Um, but I wasn't treated well, and I caught the first light rail train I could back to downtown Portland. Wandered around downtown Portland for a while. I did not end up going into Powell's, but I figured out generally where it was. 
um, and did enjoy the light rail and did enjoy what I did see of downtown Portland. I feel like I know Portland a little bit better now. If I get stuck on a layover in Portland, um, I know what general areas I want to explore. Uh, I know it's an interesting state city. I am, it's just, uh, the cops are assholes. Um, and again, I can reinforce the story with the boarding, boarding of the Amtrak train. Uh, because TSA is not there at uh, Amtrak stations, because they're not supposed to be. Um, but cops are. They actually had cops check our IDs uh, getting onto the train. Um, and I was quite miffed and insulted by this. And it felt like, well, you know, here they... Here's my mode of transportation, Amtrak, which I love and enjoy, and here's the overreaching security enforcement coming in to fuck up my mode of transportation. So um, I certainly wasn't happy about that. Uh, again, not a very positive experience, even though I was nice and polite, again, both times, um, in dealing with Portland police, uh, not a very positive experience with the Portland police. So... Um, you know, and again, I didn't aggravate them. I didn't, you know, do any of the the shitty stuff that you see on videos where people intentionally pick fights with the TSA. It was just uh, not a happy experience. Um, and I don't know. I I don't feel like the Portland Police Department is uh, very nice or very sensitive towards its citizens or visiting tourists. And obviously. Uh, tourism is a big thing for Portland, so uh, you would think you wouldn't want to hurt the tourism industry, but what do I know? Um, so, I found myself kind of interested in the City of Roses in Portland. Uh, rather long layover at Portland Union. Uh, I found a rather cool apartment complex uh, right across the way from Union Station. Um, I forget the name of it, but it looked cool. It's probably pricey as hell, but it looked cool. Um, and of course, eventually did get back on the train. Um, train was completely booked and full, um, which meant that I had somebody sitting next to me the whole way back to Chico, um, and me seeking to sleep. I was looking for a good place to sleep, and I thought the arcade room would work, and turns out, no, that's a bad idea. Uh, at least the conductor was friendly about telling me that, though. Uh, and of course, I happily and friendly complied, because I understand that, you know, it's... One of those places where I guess kids want to go, but um, I've never really seen anybody in the arcade car, so I didn't I didn't see how it was hurting anything. But again, I complied because I didn't want to get stuck in Eugene or somewhere. Um, so I rode the train back and um, ended up feeling quite sick um, to my stomach and just unhappy. Um, but you know, up and up until Portland. Well, up until the latter part of Portland, uh, the airport phase of it, um, I think it was a good trip. It was a productive trip. It was a nice break. Um, so that part of it was good. And while I was gone, I sold the song. So um, all things are not negative. Many things are positive. Um, it's another adventure. It's another real story in the books. Um, and if nothing else, that certainly counts for something. So, um, I've gone way over time here. I hope you enjoyed my, um, my rail fan, my Amtrak story. 
Um, I love Amtrak. I do. Um, I think it's good that the passenger ridership is up and all that. Um, but I really don't like having to have a next door neighbor on an Amtrak train, um, which means I need to get more money and get a sleeper. So if you want to give me more money so I can get a sleeper for the next adventure, you can do that. You all, all you have to do is go to knickknackjack.lipson.com and hit the little donate button. Or you can go to nicholasjackson.com, that's N-I-C-O-L-A-S-J-A-C-K-S-O-N.com and buy some of my music on there like the one nice fellow did. That would be greatly appreciated and support my endeavors here. Um, especially because I'm increasingly relying on family and the more I travel, the more I tend to fall into this hobo homeless category, um, which is not something I enjoy. So I'm I'm fighting it. I'm trying not to uh, put myself in situations where things are going to be especially tough, but at the same time, um, sitting here and being idle, um, clearly this last week was not the proper solution. So um, I think I handled things the best way I could, um, and that's my opinion. That's um, my two cents. I'm sticking to it. Again, uh, the podcast page where you can donate is nicnacjk.lipson.com. And you can email me, nicnacjk at gmail.com, November Indio Charlie, November Alpha Charlie, Juliet Alpha Kilo at gmail.com, and I will get back to you. Um, other than that, donate, happy railroading, happy landings, stay safe, stay sane. 